Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about services under one roof with the help of special guest John Plumitsakos of Modern Homestead in Boulder, Colorado. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. I just love doing these shows and every time I do one, I learn a little bit about something. And so I'm pretty, I'm very excited uh, to have them going. Again, just let everybody know if you've got some ideas about what we can cover on the show, uh, shoot me an email at tim at remodelersadvantage.com and we'll do the best we can to get them on. It may take a little while, but we'll do the best we can. So. Over the years, uh, everybody I think understands I've been in a lot of companies, I've uh, talked at a lot of shows, I've been in so many conversations about how this remodeling world works, and I've talked to a lot of business owners that have considered the idea of having an electrician or a plumber on staff, or they did have one on staff, and the idea probably generally was to try to control the process a little bit more that you know in other words i have control of this trade therefore it makes my process a, a little bit run a little bit more smoothly now my experience with this both personally and in working with these companies is it didn't work very well <laughs> and part of the problem was what do we do with them when they're not doing electrical or plumbing? Are they good carpenters? Can they serve as a, you know, um, another helper on a job site? Now, the exception to this has been some very big companies that have lots of work going on and so they can move people around uh, pretty easily. So, uh, I believe it was February 2020, I was able to visit with a company in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, Our guest today is the owner of that company. And the difference for them is that he actually owns an electrical and plumbing company that's separate from his remodeling company. And so, as I've said many, many times before, I was really intrigued. Uh, We had a little conversation about it while I was there, but I thought maybe this model being a little bit different, uh, might be a model that other people would be interested in. So I wanted to uh, get John on and just talk about how it works, maybe a little bit about what some of the challenges are, and then just let everybody know uh, there's a different model out there. So Steve, let's go ahead and get started. Yes, so John Plumitsakos of Modern Homestead and Homestead Plumbing and Electric in Boulder, Colorado. John founded Modern Homestead in early 2018 and soon after founded Homestead Plumbing and Electric in April 2019. In its first year of operations, Homestead P&E went from a single plumber to two plumbers and two electricians while maintaining a five-star customer rating. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, and thanks for having me, Steve, and thank you, Tim. Pleasure to be here. All right, so... 
with that grand introduction, how could things go wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so give us a little bit more history about uh, your businesses. Uh, why did you get into plumbing and electrical as well as the remodeling world? And maybe just a little bit about your history before that in terms of business. Sure. Well, why don't I uh, take a step back? I think um, my route to general contracting and plumbing and electric has been uh, pretty unusual and circuitous, I would say. I started <laughs> off my career um, as a lawyer, actually, practiced law for a few years, uh, was a trial lawyer, and then spent about 12 years in um, the technology industry. So managing sales and operations teams at companies like Google and Twitter. I grew up um, around construction. So I would, my, um, my grandfather owned a plumbing company, uh, multiple contractors in my family. So uh, job sites were kind of always to some degree in my blood and always something I, I enjoyed uh, being around, uh, construction in general, that is. A few years ago, I knew I was going to uh, start my own company. Uh, contracting seemed like a natural fit. And really what I was trying to do when I started the company was take a lot of the lessons I learned from uh, the world of technology. For example, Google in particular was always, um, their motto, mantra was sort of focus on the user and everything else will follow. Um, what I was trying to do when I started Modern Homestead was really bring um, some of that focus on client experience and really systematic operations and seamless process to the world of residential construction. So I started Modern Homestead in early 2018, and about a year later, maybe a year and a half later, um, we had been working with two master plumbers who were really our primary plumbing trade contractors. And the owner of their company gave me a call one day and he said, you know what, John, I really hate to do this to you, but uh, we've, we know we have a big project coming up with you, but I have a family emergency that requires me to move back to the East Coast. So I'm gonna shut down the company. So at the time, one, I, was, I, I felt terrible for uh, the owner of the company that uh, he had to move so quickly and shut things down. And two, I was thinking, um, you know, this is, this is really a shame, not just because we have <laughs> pending projects with them, but because they are really, really talented master plumbers. They're, they're some of the, really some of the best trade contractors we work with. So I got to thinking and, and talking to the owner of the company, is there something we could work out here? Um, in terms of a purchase of assets, and and really, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to continue working with the remaining master plumber, and um, and if there's anything we could do to partner or you know acquire the assets, we would do that. So that that sort of started off a search for, not a search exactly, but a, a discussion of okay, well, if we are going to take on plumbing, what does that look like in the context of modern homestead, in the context of the operations we're running on the general contracting side. Oh, cool. So how did the electrical get tied in there as well? Yeah, so we, um, we ultimately, before I get to electrical, we ultimately decided it did not make sense to bring plumbers on staff of, the, of Modern Homestead, which is a general contractor, um, in part because of the, the challenges you, you alluded to, which is, you know, it's great while we have plumbing projects going on, but what do we do? In the off time, there it's a it's a really different business. Managing the operations is going to be pretty different. So ultimately, um, I started a separate corporation, Homestead Plumbing and Electric, or at the time Homestead Plumbing, which uh, which is completely independent in in every way from Modern Homestead, except 
being, you know, physically under the same roof. The offices <laughs> share uh, a common office space and one floor is more focused on contracting. We have a small upstairs office that is more focused on plumbing and electric. Um, so we were a couple months into working and operating as homestead plumbing. And really the two trades that are, are most critical in a lot of ways for us on our residential contracting uh, projects are plumbing and electric. And, and they often prove to be the most challenging to really find trade partners who are you know, top notch in terms of quality and also available when you need them. Um, right. So we, we decided at the time, you know, why don't, why don't we look into whether we could bring on a master electrician and really get an electrical division started. And as fate would have it, we did find a master electrician who had just moved to the area and he was interested in, in kind of starting up with a, you know, very, very young company here. So it sort of worked out in that sense. And, and from not just for, from the perspective of modern homestead, but from the perspective of any general contractor, there are nice things about having plumbing and electric as part of one company, especially if it's really, it's either new construction or a, you know, rough remodel, you know, down to the studs type remodel because plumbers and electricians can kind of work around each other. The, the order of operations can be coordinated and things like that. Yeah. So this is really, really, really cool. So give us a little bit of a, idea of how the plumbing and electrical company is set up and maybe what i'm asking is uh, are they do you actually sub out to some other remodelers do they do service work as well uh, um, obviously they do work for modern homestead the remodeling uh, side of it but uh, and i guess then then another sort of axillary question is it just feels like, especially if they're doing service work, there's, there's like a whole marketing aspect of that that can be a challenge for you. So maybe just give us a little bit more about how that company is set up in terms of the work that they do. Sure. Yeah. And this was something that um, as we were kind of starting up the plumbing and later plumbing electrical operations, we really um, had to think carefully about. So the the initial idea was that we would do work for general contractors, including modern homestead, and then also uh, residential service work on the plumbing and electric side. And that, that's proven to be the model that we've gone with for the most part. To your point, it, there, there are challenges with doing that, right? There, there are two very different types of work. The operations are fairly different. The marketing is extremely different, um, whether you're marketing to general contractors or to homeowners as plumbers and electricians. The, the volume of jobs is significantly higher than anything we saw on the contracting side. So it really took us a while to get our feet under us and find the right mix there in terms of um, general contracting work for plumbers and electricians on, on general contracting projects and then also you know, what volume of house calls, for lack of a better word, uh -huh. do we want on the plumbing and electric side? And we, we've had a good mix. And I think in a lot of ways, probably because I am a general contractor, the general contracting projects are easier to manage uh, in the sense <laughs> that they tend to be longer in duration. Uh, they tend to be, you know, full day or at least half day projects. Um, you know what you're getting into because you've seen a full scope of work if you're the plumber or the electrician going in. Whereas if you're getting a house call that is, you know, 
please help emergency water's flooding my basement. I don't know where it's coming from. You, it, right. It's a bit harder to plan around. You don't know exactly what you're walking into. And it's also a bit more challenging from a, a kind of operations and dispatch perspective. So uh, yeah. it took us a while to find the right mix there. I think um, heading into, you know, early 2020, we, we had a plan, uh, which was, you know, let's start to gradually and systematically find the right balance. So we will, you know, have X percentage of work be with general contractors and, you know, Y percentage be service calls will align schedules accordingly. Of course, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Mike Tyson who said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And of course, I think the uh, COVID-19 crisis was a pretty big punch in the face to yeah. not just us, but the entire industry and really anyone, especially in a service business. So we've yeah. had to We've had to kind of reevaluate that plan just because the nature of of the crisis was such that for for several weeks and really almost two months, it, we couldn't really perform the the kind of house call service work that we were doing in the right. past. So we had to shift gears a bit there. So how many how many other general contractors are you typically working with uh, out of that that company? Um, so. Just to clarify, you mean uh, with the plumbing and electric company? Yes. Homestead, uh -huh. plumbing and electric. Yeah. yeah. Quite a few. Um, it, okay. it really varies, you know, month to month, but I'd say anywhere between, let's call it three and 10 okay. in any given month. And some, wow. sometimes it's, you know, a small portion of a job and sometimes it really is bidding on a large new construction project or a very large remodel. Yeah. So I guess my, uh, again, I, I hear this chorus of questions in the background, like, so do they get treated the same way we often treat a, a plumbing sub and say, hey, that's too much money. Can you cut money out of it? You know, is, is, is that dynamic going on with your plumbers and electricians? Uh, I'd say it certainly was at, at a certain point. So here, I think one of the real benefits of having both common ownership of both companies and really having the, the teams work together a lot from both companies is from a contracting perspective, we could be assured that of the top-notch quality of the work. We also could, we have some visibility into the schedule of the plumbing and electric company. And then there's this, uh, I guess it's an intangible, but really cohesiveness of, of teams in the sense that um, because the project managers on the general contracting side are working with plumbers and electricians from Homestead a fair amount. There almost is this one team feeling even more so than our other trade partners. So that that's definitely a positive for the most part. Where it got a little trickier is you do have people because they in many ways feel like they, you know, work together. They're part of the same team asking, you know, can you just do me this favor? I really need, uh, <laughs> I need you to get over here today uh, to this general contracting project or, you know, really I need to, I need a better price on this or that. And where we, where we ultimately landed, we, we had to kind of take a step back and say, okay, okay, we know everyone here is friends. We're part of the same team for a lot of purposes, but you know, there are two companies with two different sets of books, two different business plans. Um, so we had to take a step back and really establish some clear processes around if you project manager need to get in touch with one of the plumbers or one of the electricians, you still have to, you know, call into dispatch. They have to get you on the schedule. You have to give them some sense of scope of work. They will, you know, give you an estimate and that estimate will be, you know, for the most part, 
a fixed quotation. We're not going to haggle back and forth, except to the extent, you know, we, we, from a contracting perspective, do have instances where we have a project and are very honest with trade partners that, hey, we're, we really have to try to get it in at this budget. Is there anything you could do for us? Right. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. I'd say the same is true on the, uh, with Homestead Plumbing and Electric when they're bidding on a portion of a, a modern homestead job. I think, you know, one thing we have discussed and, and I think we will be formalizing is for general contractors, including modern, modern homestead, once you're kind of working with homestead plumbing and electric long enough and you're kind of an established trade partner and you're doing a lot of business with us, that is a rational point to discuss, you know, should there be some volume discount effectively? Right. Um, we're not paying as much for marketing if you're giving us the jobs, things like that. So we, we are thinking through that, but that will apply uh, not just to Modern Homestead, but really to any contractor who works with us uh, at the same same volume and regularity that we are on the Modern Homestead side. Wow. So you just opened up this can of uh, you have to call dispatch. So tell us uh, again, how, how is that work? Is there a is there an overall manager of Homestead Plumbing and Electric or is there dispatch and then they contact the plumbers and electricians individually? Can you give us a little bit of how that's set up? Yeah. And I think it's a very timely question because we, we're changing, we've recently changed this. So um, one of the biggest lessons over the first year of operations now on the Homestead Plumbing and Electric side is that it is really hard for me at least to you know, be managing the day-to-day -day of two independent companies that are that work together sometimes and sometimes don't. Um, so we have a great um, operations manager on the who's been with Modern Homestead really since the the early days, um, and he and I have been kind of both working in both businesses for the last year. I think that that was fine for the first year, but what we're changing is. Um, that that person who was previously working for Modern Homestead will now kind of step out of Modern Homestead completely and really act as general general manager of Homestead Plumbing and Electric to create a little bit more separation, you know, at the highest management levels, I guess, or at the top management of the day to day, at least. Uh, and I think that will one, it's a little bit of a divide and conquer mentality, and two, I think it will help not just streamline our process, but also really have two independent decision makers thinking what is best for this company, whether it's Modern Homestead or Homestead Plumbing and Electric. Yeah, so you'd recommend to anybody who's thinking about doing this that they have sort of an independent manager. Obviously, if you own the companies, he has to answer to you as the owner, uh, but that that they have their own goals and their own, you know, uh, business plan and that sort of thing that they have to sort of answer to if you put it that way. That's right. I, I would highly recommend that. And even if it's not possible on day one, it's, it's very important to get there because I think at the end of the day, no matter how much, and I've, I've tried this with my own schedule, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is I'm going to work on <laughs> only modern homestead and general contracting Tuesday, Thursday is I'll work on uh, homestead plumbing and electric. The reality is it's just really hard to do that because if a crisis comes up in one side or the other, you kind of bounce back and forth and you're less effective in both places. So um, ultimately, I think it's, it's best to have someone independent managing the day-to-day. -day. 
Are you worried about the future of your business? Are you stuck and unsure about what step to take next? Do you have any doubts about your ability to lead through this crisis? Whether it's business, finance, or production, we have the experienced professional coaches standing by to help you and your team battle through these uncertain times. To learn more about our coaching program and to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with our head coach, Doug Howard, visit remodelercoach.com today. Now back to the show. John, when you, so we have two podcasts at Remodelers Advantage, an entire Roundtables peer group, university consulting, all around how to better run a remodeling business. So now you're running a plumbing and electrical business. <laughs> who did you turn to, to just say, who else has this model or, or how did you just kind of even venture into this? Because, you know, just the remodeling company itself offers, you know, two podcasts and a whole company worth of challenges. <laughs> right. So right. this model, how did you kind of figure it out? Was it all just through, you know, your own working through it or, or did you look, look into other companies? Um, when I started off, frankly, I think I did not do this as well as I should have. I, I sort of jumped into it thinking, you know, how different could this be? We work with plumbers and electricians every day on the general contracting side. They're clearly related. Um, I think it's that I, forget the exact expression, but to, you know, the man with the hammer, everything looks like a nail. So I was looking at everything from the lens of general contracting. And that's, that's not a great way to look at things for a variety of reasons. Um, so a few months into uh, running the plumbing and electric company, I started doing um, more kind of, this sounds fancier than it is, but market research and really seeing what are other companies around the country doing to market their companies in the plumbing and electric space and more broadly in the service industry space because it really is at the end of the day a service business and really a high volume service business to some degree. So part of it was kind of was looking at how other companies were structured, what they were doing with their marketing. Um, part of it was talking to mentors that um, have some experience in the space and really trying to seek those people out. We had a, a mentor uh, slash consultant on the general contracting side who, as it turns out, ran a plumbing company and was a plumbing inspector for many <laughs> years. So I was able to kind of turn to him and say, hey, separate, separate question here. Let's put aside the general contracting, but I could use your advice on you know, what you did when you were running the plumbing company. Um, and so we've sort of, we've pieced it together, but we are far from knowing everything there is to know. And I think like with, with, Every day that goes on and everything uh, I, I learn about plumbing and electric, I'm realizing it is a pretty different model from uh, general contracting, specifically with things like marketing and operations and project management. There's just a lot of differences. And looking at it from a contractor perspective isn't the healthiest thing to do because, again, we're human. You have that instinct to think of, well, what would be best for me as the contractor if I were hiring a plumber and electrician? And that, that's a different question that then, you know, what is best for the homeowner who, you know, wants more, a more efficient hot water heater or something like that. Yeah, I remember when I was a production manager, we had an electrical company, a couple that we dealt with. And, you know, there were some jobs when I didn't want, and I'm just going to say Billy, right? 
because this required Joe's finesse. And so do you, do you see that as well in that plum, like in a, in a general contracting business, I think you mostly have project managers with subbed out type thing, but a lot of people, they have really well-rounded carpenters that can do a lot of different stuff. And so it doesn't really matter who goes to what job, but it just feels like in that plumbing and electrical business, there's a real challenge that sometimes you just need somebody that can really finesse something. And sometimes you need somebody to get in there and just get it done. Do you, do you find that as part of the challenge? Oh, absolutely. I think there, and, and just the variety of jobs is, yeah. is much, much broader, I would say. So for example, you, you have on the electrical side, someone wants an outlet change or a light change. That's a very different job and from, you know, we need to remove knob and tomb tube wiring throughout the house and really rewire the house without, you know, disturbing too much of the drywall. And then there's the customer dynamic too. I mean, that's another thing on the general contracting side. We have a sales and design team we have who really handles everything pre-production. We have project managers who are the main kind of face of the company with, with clients. And on the plumbing and electric side, there's really, you know, there isn't a sales team. There isn't a project manager per se, it really is on the electricians and plumbers who are the, the sort of first point of contact with every client, whether they're doing the sale or giving an estimate or troubleshooting a tricky situation that comes up during, during construction. So personalities matter a lot more and then skill sets matter a lot more. So the reality is, you know, there, there are things that an apprentice could do that that you wouldn't want a master plumber doing. And there are things that a master plumber could do or a master electrician that you legally and, and otherwise <laughs> couldn't have an apprentice doing. So it, it is a, a different, a different approach from, from the contracting side. Yeah. That's another kind of dynamic that I hadn't really thought about till just now is that there are some things that legally you can't do with an apprentice in plumbing that, you know, on a, in a regular construction job, if you've got a helper there and you want them to do X, Y, or Z, you just tell them to do it. There's no legal right. aspects of it. And I guess that also begs the question, do you actually have apprentices working with you so that you are training up another uh, load of electricians and plumbers uh, as part of the company? Because that, that's probably a good model for the companies that listen to this podcast that have in-house employees that they need to like get into this apprenticeship thing with carpenters, not just plumbers and electricians. Right. But, uh, do, do you have them working with you? Are they in there? We do. We do. We, at this point, we have one electrical apprentice. And um, one of the things I didn't realize, uh, you know, it's on the long list of, of things uh, you don't know until right. <laughs> you, you find out uh, is that unlike the carpenter, with a carpenter, with a lot of the trades on the, the contracting side, there is a very formal apprentice program with plumbing and electric. So yeah. you have to file in most states, or I can speak to Colorado at least, you have to file paperwork with the state. There's coursework that an apprentice needs to do while they're kind of doing the on-the-job training. And then there's very specific hours requirements that have to be logged yeah. and registered with the state. So I, I think while on the surface, it's a lot more process and bureaucracy to go through. It's, it actually kind of got me thinking, even on the general contracting side, it's, it's not a bad thing to formalize 
some of these training procedures and apprentice procedures for tradesmen and laborers in construction in general, because I think some of that formality of process really makes sure that the person training them and managing them is, is accountable for taking the right steps and teaching the right lessons and things like that. And then as, as a manager or business owner, you're kind of responsible at looking at, you know, well, where are we on this training, this, this training path? And how do we think about, you know, two years from now when hopefully we'll need more plumbers or more electricians or more carpenters. So I think it's overall been actually a really eye-opening and really good thing to see how the plumbing and electrical trades uh, run their or require you to run the apprenticeship programs. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the Canadian model is pretty much the same as our, you know, for carpenters, they have the same basic model for apprenticeship as we have for electricians and plumbers. Just for some reason, it has never taken off with the uh, carpenters in the country. So I'm guessing, John, that if you've got this uh, fellow managing this other side a little more deliberately, that you will, it will grow. It just strikes me that valuable electricians and plumbers that are doing a good job in servicing people, there's a big, such a big need out there that it'll, it'll actually uh, start to develop and really grow for you. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And, um, you know, like I, like I said, this, uh, the current crisis makes it difficult to read the market in a lot of ways. You don't yeah. know if the volume we're seeing in certain areas is, is a result of the challenges associated with COVID-19 or if it's, you know, seasonality or if it's, uh, you know, market trends. So there's a little, I guess, muddiness in the data right now, but, but by all accounts, the, the reality is like anything else. If you're doing good work and you're solving an important problem for a customer, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have more work to do. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been really, really cool. And it's kind of a little bit outside of what we normally do on this podcast, but again, stretching our horizons, helping us think a little bit about some new possibilities. Um, obviously, we don't recommend anyone in Boulder, anyone else in Boulder to do this. So, but any other city, there might be some recommendations. So if someone was gonna, you know, think about getting into this, this John, what would like one or two little recommendations that you would make as we start to wind this down? Yeah, I think the, the one, uh... The one top of mind, and really this cuts across every business I've ever uh, managed, is a lot of it comes down to the people, right? Like if I were, like I said, at the time we we acquired the plumbing company, we were not necessarily looking to apply acquire a plumbing company, but I knew that the previous owner was absolutely top notch. I knew that the master plumber working with him was top notch. I had a lot of experience with them knew that they kind of shared uh, common values and common approaches towards uh, client service. And so I think like if there's one guiding principle, it's like, you know, if you hire great people who work hard, the rest will follow to some degree. I think as a second point, and I, I touched on this earlier, but I, in retrospect, if I could have taken more time up front uh, to really evaluate, you know, well, what are the differences with plumbing and electric in terms of marketing, in terms of operations, in terms of strategy, um, and really hammered out a more robust plan from the beginning, I think uh, things could have gone more smoothly. I mean, I think we 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 did the best we could with with the speed at which uh, things <laughs> happened, and and you know we 
both companies were busy at the time, but if I could have taken off the general contractor hat and really thought about it in terms of, okay, I'm starting a completely different business. How would I plan for my marketing, for my finances, for staffing and things like that upfront? It could have gone uh, even more smoothly. And so I'd, I'd recommend that anyone take a step back before you do this and really think through what should the model look like. Very cool. Well, John, I just, I want to thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out today. Again, a lot of good ideas, information. I think people, this will give people something to think about. And again, like I said, said in the introduction, a lot of people have gone down this road of hiring a plumber or a, an electrician. And like I said, most of the time, it didn't really work the way they wanted it to work. And this might be another alternative for those people who are really entrepreneurs who really want to have another business. This might be a great way to go. So thank you so much for taking a little bit of time with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, John. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So Tim, this was a absolutely fantastic episode and anyone in roundtables or, you know, I'm pretty sure I've even said it on uh, this show before, but I always talk about Roger Bannister and the four minute mile and uh, how it took basically a hundred years for that uh, feat to be uh, reached of breaking the four minute mile and Roger Bannister, you know, he beat it. And within two months, I think it, it got beat two or three times. (laughs) My point there is that Roundtables, this podcast, it opens up the possibilities of what people are doing. Yes. So it kind of takes the lid off. Well, I could never do that. That seems crazy. That, so this example with John, I think it's just, you know, it's great. It's something I used to always kind of daydream, you know, why don't we explore having an in-house plumber and you know he went way farther than that so i applaud him and you know he's he's just a sharp great guy and i really uh loved hearing about his experience with this yeah so there's a couple of things that just popped out one of them was this apprenticeship idea and of course steve and i have spent a lot of time you know we about training 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 and at some point in time if the country could ever get a good apprenticeship program going across the board there they are available through certain outlets but if we could get it going across the board i think it would give the profession a little more respectability uh in terms of carpenters and so forth like that and then i was kind of fishing for it but i understood you know trying to get someone else to manage that company i think would have been uh, one of the things that made John uh, made made it run a little bit more smoothly up front because that always seems to be it's hard enough running one company, running two companies, and really focusing on what has to be done just seems like a real challenge. So, uh, just a, a great great time together here, and I appreciate John very much for sharing his insights with us. Yep. To that point, we would like to thank. John Plumitsakos for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, 
please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.